You have now tuned in to the Comic Section Network. Mrs. Griffith, I just got a whiff of that sweet sludgy swamp air. And when that swamp wind gets a blowing, the possibilities are really growing. Grandmammy Lugnuts Jr. always said that when we was hunting for blood bloaters and gibber mouthers. Guess Grandmammy did have a little wisdom bonking around that frizzy noggin of hers, even with all them tumors clogging it up. Now, Mr. Griffith, can you please tell me what we're even doing out here? Mrs. Griffith, if you can't keep your spine straight and lips glued up, maybe you shouldn't even be here doing this here endeavor. Mr. Griffith, I've been putting my elbow grease, my knee grease, and my feet grease all into everything. But I ain't got the slightest clue what I'm wasting all this sweet grease for. Ain't to mention, Mr. Griffith, I got a real itching for a moon pie. And if we don't get out of here soon, Chicky Charlie's gonna close up shop and then I'll be real pissed out of luck. You don't keep that trap shut and I'll piss the luck right out of you myself, Mrs. Griffith. Moon pie. God dang, woman. Don't nobody make no pie on the moon. All they make's floppy disks made of titanium that can magnet up electrons that hold all your secrets. And then they know who done and who not done paid their taxes. So, Mrs. Griffith, I keep my damn chompers far away from any moon pie, proper garbage, poison, before you get infected with them space preservatives. Mr. Griffith... The science can tell if spiders can sneak up into heaven? Mrs. Griffith, please be quiet as a night toad spitting and do not be smirk the name of science. Well, you ain't quiet and you ain't patient neither. Well, Mrs. Griffith, patience is a virtue. And if I gave a hot dog about virtues, I'd have shacked up with them Catholic man nuns and took a dang vow with Chester. Of chest hit chat of Shaftony, put on one of their fancy belts. And the best part, Mrs. Griffith, only the Holy Pope got the chassis belt key, so you can't even be trying to get no con jungle visits like we did when I was in prison. <laughs> and then I take a vow of silentry too. So you ever ask me to round up my empties, or wash my denim shirts, or clip off my fingernails, well, I just act like I ain't hear you none. And the Holy Pope, he'd probably hand me the Rookie of the Year award for it, too. Mr. Griffith, if there was just one flipping single man in this county, I'd bow my chest titties all over him. And you can just fondle man nuns while eating old grass and licking that old Pope's wrinkled, crunchy feet. And you get them real clean, or else you gonna get hit by one of them yellow electric ziggy zags. You know, the one God shoots down with little snail boys or roughhousing in the mud instead of helping their dang mamas for supper, Mr. Griffith. Mrs. Griffith, God don't got a possum's hair to do with science, no way. And them yellow shocks from the sky, it's called lightning, you ignoramus. I tell you what, though, after the horrid, sinful, wretched film Alien Dead, I've been out praying that the Lord strikes me dead. I laid eyes on things no human being should never see. Houseboats, 
bear breasts, murder, American hero, bust a crab, being a no good, dirty sheriff who don't protect and don't serve nobody. You say God zaps muddy snail boys, but after seeing that monstrosity, I know I must be the muddiest, snailiest boy in the whole American world. Lightning? By folly and golly, Mr. Griffith, that's why you brought us all the trousers staining way out here? Here, I've been thinking you was fine-tuning your meteorological skills. But you ain't doing no science. You just trying to punish yourself for seeing that filthy BHS. That there moving picture show? The Alien Dead? It made you so ashamed of yourself that you were sure Jesus himself was going to give you a good old bolt in your butt to set you back straight. Well, Mr. Griffith, if it's a bolt in your butt you're after, you just give me a nickel and a ride out to Jumbo's Hardware and Shrimp. And when we get home, I'll have you hailing Mary so rootin' tootin' loud, she'll drive on down from heaven in a magic angel taxi, and she'll honk at you. But the horn, it'll be some olden time hymn, and she'll say, where you headed? And you'll probably say, the dang science museum of naked statues. And she'll say, I meant where you headed for eternity, Mr. Griffith. You better well believe Jesus' mind know how to charm you and farm you. Mrs. Griffith, please. And what you mean, farm you? Mr. Griffith, thank you. Farm your dang soul from the dirt, because that's where it's at right now. Anywho, probably got slippery, slimy worms on it, too. Mrs. Griffith. I has no issues assuring you after suffering through that pig behind of a movie, I done come to the conclusion whatever soul I had is so deep in that dirt there ain't a badger, there ain't a mole, ain't a gopher, ain't a prairie dog nowhere that could dig it back up again. It probably so far down it end up in China and some fool found it and traded it for a fancy necklace or a hairpin. So no. I don't believe I ain't gonna get no visits from no heavenly ghosts neither. And if I did, they'd just take me in their giant wings, fly me up to the top of the Empire State Building, and drop me. And I'd just be a pile of smush. And up there in New York City, they just sweep smush piles into the sewer to feed them giant gators they got down there. You need there. to buck up, boy. Everybody got deeds they ain't proud of. We all got skeletons in our closets. Heck, that's why it's called a closet. Because you throw all the bad away and then you close it up for good. You got to start using that spiffy science to spruce up your brain because it must have got knocked out of place. Mrs. Griffith, can't you see I'm a fraud? I ain't no scholar, man. Just more lies, more shame. I only pretended to use weather science to predict the lightning. I just heard some pesky polecats rustling, rasslin'. Figured they was spying for that number one safest garbage can in all southern Oviedo County. Cuddle up cozy like while it stormed. You may don't know how to guess no weather, Mr. Griffith. That's why Channel 5 got that spiffy young thing chatting down in. To do all that boring bleeps and bloops and bullshit. 
And after that, our current president emails a forecast from the Oval Office to Chet Downing so he can shake his little tush and sparkle his pearly whites for our amusement. But you was spot on about that number one garbage bin in all of town. And that's your garbage bin, Mr. Griffith. Ain't no moon magnets. Ain't no bad movies. Ain't no man, nun, or lady angels. Ain't even Chet Downing himself can take that from you, Mr. Griffith. I begrudgingly admit, Mrs. Griffith, that those kind words gently plucked my heartstrings like a like a little baby with a banjo. Well, Mr. Griffith, since it seems like you more likely to get eaten by a mad owl than strike by lightning. Why don't we head on over yonder to Cheeky Charlie's and I'll buy a moon. A moon pie? A moon enhancing earth snack. And we can borrow Cheeky Charlie's old tape recorder. I'll bet you two chicken wings if you document all that festering, indigesting, molesting, getting off your chester and stuff or what have you. You could email that cassette to Hollywood and teach them liberally a thing or two about a whole other thing or two. Show them how what a southern gentleman and intellectual thinks when he gets a hankering for an old-fashioned spooky show. Then gets that a major heaping plate of poop instead. If that big shot movie man can't tell no difference between scary stories and slurping butt slop, then I reckon you, Mr. Griffith, you gonna have to send them piddling dealers to the school of hard knocks who's ready to rock. Mrs. Griffith, eh, you can keep your two chicken wings. I could grab me a flippin' truckload of those mother cluckers outside town hall anytime. They always congregating by that little old fountain with the stately bird shooting water out his beak on the top. And I'll tell you what, them foul birds cock the doodle do more for Oviedo than any of them egghead nincompoop who actually is supposed to be in town hall. I tell you what. Cheeky's gonna lock up soon. And Mr. Griffith, it's your time to shine. In that sweet yellow sun rays is keen on the few the proud, the marines, and also the underdog. A dog that scurries under your junk and goes honk wild, swallowing chunks of junk and growing big and strong and grows a sleek, healthy coat. Mr. Griffith, it's high time to turn underdog to overdog. Ain't too keen on gnawing on fellas' underparts, but you got the point. The alien dead deserves its just desserts, and I'm the chef. And on the menu is an enormous dish that's best served cold. Revenge? No, tuna and jello pie. Hmm. Betty Crocker's own summer salad. It's as pretty as it is deadly. In 1965, my grandmammy Lugnuts Jr. taught me to spell the word suffering. It starts with a capital L lemon jello. Then tomato sauce. Hmm. Then a vinegar. Vinegar. Then a stuffed olives. Then a Worcestershire juice. And then three of them period dots. To make them wait for it. And then the tuna de-force itself. Tuna salad. And damn straight, it sat out all night so them flavors can sink until they stank it. Oh boy, Mr. Griffith, let's quit yapping and go get that tape. You know, I'ma have to get batteries, Mrs. Griffith. The Cheeky's tape making machine. Damn fool, Cheeky. Ham Brain got a general store full of A's, double A's, triple A's, triple A's, B's, C's, D's, six volts, nine volts, them ones that look like 
reporters that go and watch this. He got a hundred different ones of them. That Chicky still ain't never changed no batteries in his whole dong forsaken life. If I had half the batteries he did, I'd use them on all sorts of battery-operated thing and doodads. Mrs. Griffith, you know that Cheeky been getting up from his lazy boy every darn time he need to change his channels on the TV. At least since that noodle incident. Don't speak of it, Mr. Gr- Sorry, Mrs. Griffith. I can't blame Cheeky too bad since that was the remote that got caught up in that jar of smallpox he inherited from his ghost uncle. So, well, well right. Can't dwell on such tragedies. Should buy a new remote though, but okay. I'll leave it be, Mrs. Griffith. Let's go on now. Gee whiz, women always talking when they should be walking. I walk on your damn stupid face. Hey y'all, what do you need? A warm beer? Apple sauce? Devil egg? Nah, thanks, Cheeky. But we need your tape recorder so Mr. Griffith can expose the evil of this rabid donkey of a movie we sent and send it to Hollywood. Funny, I just lent my tape recorder to another couple. A real good looking, young and smart, and funny and charming couple. And they said they needed it to do a podcast on a movie. And I ain't got no clue what a podcast is. But I got guess that it's like a Jay Leno show with just voices on that tape. What? <laughs> yeah, they're gonna talk about something called Alien Dead, and I ain't no newspaper critic, but it sounds pretty good to me if it's got alien or dead in it. Well... Looks like we got beached to the punch, Mrs. Griffith. I hope these youngins know what they're getting themselves into. Maybe more when they're done with Cheeky's recorder, we can do a hee-haw style variety show, but with more education about real issues like why airplanes ain't built out of the black box, or why them town hall jugheads let them chickens run amongst, or why you park in the driveways and you drive on the parkways. You said it, Mr. Griffith. Hey, Cheeky, can I get me a moon pie? Moon pie? Coming right up. A meteor strikes a houseboat in the swamps near a southern town. The people on the houseboat become zombies who feed on the alligators in the swamp. Once they run out of alligators, they start going for the citizens. Local sheriff, played by serial icon Buster Crab, tries to figure out what's happening to people once they start disappearing. This week on Prime Cuts, we watched The Alien Dead. When a houseboat is stricken by a meteor in the swamps of Florida, it signals the arrival of the alien dead. The alligators weren't enough to sustain their hunger for flesh and blood, so the alien dead set their sights on the inhabitants of a small town. The alien dead were more frightening than Carrie, more spine-tingling than the exorcist. When the alien dead find you, you will be deader than Mother's Day at an orphanage. The alien dead are here now. 
prepared starts Friday at the Hollywood Drive-In. Hello and welcome to the Prime Cuts Horror Podcast. I'm your host, Holly Griffin, alongside... Hank Holder, alongside Marley the Dog Girl, who just had a big old dinner and is just sitting and digesting. On Prime Cuts, we swim through the sickening and sweaty swamp we call the Amazon Prime catalog of genre films. Out of all the streaming platforms, none had the selection of small, lesser-known horror films, indie or otherwise, than Amazon Prime. And we're going to dig into that catalog right here. Now, we're aware the streaming services frequently change their content, so while we can't promise that each episode's films will stay on Prime indefinitely, we're going to do our best. We're to choose movies that we feel have found their forever home, where they will stumble and fumble around the hot and humid Amazon marshes endlessly most likely looking for gators. Without further ado, let's take a look at this week's selection, 1978's The Alien Dead. Oh, I don't even know where to start with this one. Like, honestly, Hank, you picked this travesty, and I think that you should explain yourself. Uh, right, right. That That's fair. So... So we watched The Alien Dead this week, which is, I think, the second directorial effort of Fred Olin Ray. And I thought it would be neat to do one of Fred Olin Ray's movies since our second episode was Circus Kane, which was directed by his son, Christopher Olin Ray. And while I still think the concept for what we're doing is neat, the idea alone did not make the movie watchable. Yeah. Yeah, for real. And... You know, this film barely passes 70 minutes, but at the same time, it felt like it was never going to end, you know? Yeah. Like, and actually, it didn't even really end. It just kind of stopped. Yeah, it just, I mean, I'm not sure, but I think the word anticlimax was added to the English dictionary (laughs) specifically because no one had ever seen a story just so thoroughly and abruptly run out of gas and they needed a new way to describe it. So Olin Ray's movie created a new word in the dictionary, is what you're saying? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you can fact check that. But... <laughs> yeah, they we should. Yeah, well, you know, I wasn't really the biggest fan of Circus Kane either, but at least that one had, like, a structured plot and a real ending. Yeah. This Alien Dead movie has nothing going for it. Mm. Oh, well, there is, like, a brief nudity scene, but that isn't even really sexy either. That kind of falls short. No. Fred Olin Ray in 1978 isn't even able to display the glory of the female form with any grace or sensuality. No. No. Not at all. I mean, it's just like this random... I mean, she's pretty girl, like skinny dipping, but she has this goofy smile on her face the entire time. I mean, and it's shot and edited like incoherently. Yeah. And for some reason, this the scene's lit like there's a helicopter spotlight shining down oh, on it. Oh, yeah. That's it's, why it felt like... It made me feel so icky. Yeah. And, well, and the fact that during all this, the sheriff's deputy is oh, leering yeah. at her from like some foliage nearby. And this fucking guy's having the time of his life. Oh, He's gross. just gawking and giggling and doing a little jig. <laughs> yeah. He's ignoring a call on his radio from the sheriff. So he's not only a creep, but he's actually really bad at his job. Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> big and surprise. The, uh, the sheriff, too, is pretty negligent, lazy, yeah. moron. So, you know, at least the cops were written realistically. <laughs> so, okay, so, you know, Deputy Peeping Tom finally gets his rocks off, and then he goes back to the car. And, of course... The poor Skinny Dipper immediately gets attacked by the alien dead. Ah, the alien <clears throat> dead. Tell me about these alien dead. Nah. Do I have to? There's <laughs> <laughs> not much to say. No, there's <laughs> honestly not much to explain. No. Uh, okay, so we're in Oviado, Florida, and there's this swamp. And this swamp used to have gators. It also used to have a houseboat. Where some people lived. Yeah. And then one day a mysterious space meteor hit the houseboat. And presto, we've got the alien dead. They're aquatic zombies. Basically aquatic zombies. <laughs> yeah. So the actual film begins, well, it begins with a conversation with Mr. and Mrs. Griffith. But then <laughs> oh, yeah. we really get into it with our main character. It's this hotshot journalist, Tom Corman. And he's typing up his big scoop about the alien dead. And and I, I honestly don't know if this is supposed to be the future and the movie itself is what he's writing about or if he's just fairly certain there's something earth-shattering crazy going on in Oviado. Yeah, I don't really think it matters. Mm, no. Yeah, I don't. You know what? Hmm. Uh, little Olin Ray yeah. had a similar opening in Circus Kane. Remember the yeah. girl? She's telling the cops her story. Yeah, during the interrogation. Yeah, and she has all that information that there's no way she could have known. Right, she's introducing all these characters she didn't know and what yeah. they were doing before. <laughs> but you know, that at least came back and tied into the end of the film. Yeah. And this one is just kind of like an unnecessary monologue. Oh, yeah. to show us mm-hmm. that Tom Corman is a real-life newsman. Yeah. I like his typewriter. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So we've basically covered everything now, right? Uh, not quite, but we'll, we'll race through this fucking thing, I promise. Okay, thank you. Because if we spend any more precious energy on this raw turkey of a film, Hank, the terrorists win. We don't want the terrorists. No, we don't want the terrorists. All right, so we're this, uh, we're here. Oh, well, I want to talk about the opening credits. What? Come on. <laughs> just we're one, getting through this thing. Just one thing. Okay, so I love how it proudly proclaims Buster Crab in The Alien Dead, giving him, like, the coveted above-the-title credit. I'm not throwing shade at Mr. Crab here. You know, a dude was an Olympic gold medalist swimmer, and he acted in all kinds of cool 1930s serials. He played, like, uh, Flash Gordon, Tarzan, Buck Rogers, legendary characters. So here at Prime Cuts Horror... We respect the legacy of Buster Crab. But the credit, the starring credit in Alien Dead is still funny to me because, one, I doubt he was a box office draw. Dude was like three years from his death. He's in his Aww. 70s. He's barely even in the movie. Like, he's not a main character at all. No. And, and it just reminded me, I, I see this a lot where... So it's like an early version of what you see where the movie goes direct to DVD and they get like an extended cameo basically from somebody, Stephen Baldwin or Tom Sizemore or fucking Steven Seagal or whatever. And they pretend that they're the star of the movie and then you 
find out they're in it for five minutes, but uh, yeah. it's it's the same fucking thing here. But uh, but Buster Crab he he plays that ignorant sheriff who refuses to do his job at any point. <laughs> I mean, his entire performance is a couple of scenes where he's basically chastising and belittling anybody in his vicinity, and then he just sort of quickly exits each scene as quickly as possible. Oh yeah, like there's that scene where uh, he actually arrives at the swamp after someone's reporting missing, but then he can't even investigate because he's afraid of the mosquitoes. Mm -hmm. Sheriff, are you nuts? You'll have a swamp full of hicks out here shooting at each other if you do that. Shooting at each other? Let me tell you something, boy. Better shooting out here in the swamp than in town there. What do you want me to do? Go out there and go out there and get bit by all them uh, mosquitoes? Yeah, so his uh, Olympic swimming days were definitely behind him. He's Actually acting like he's never been around a body of water in his life. I know. You've got a legendary swimmer in a movie that takes place 95% in the water. And not once does he show off his award-winning skills. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if Jackie Chan's still making action movies at his age, Buster Crab could have at least given us, like, a quick backstroke. Yeah, I guess. I wonder if any Buster Crab fans... Uh, are there Buster Crab fans? Yes. You know what they'd be called? Yeah. The crab legs. Crab legs. <laughs> okay, or maybe maybe he's the <laughs> king crab and his fans are the fiddlers. Okay. Yeah, the fiddlers. So I wonder if the crab legs are the fiddlers. They they went out to the alien dead and then they left and they were disappointed that there wasn't any swimming action from the king. Oh, they left the theater feeling pretty crabby. Pretty crabby. <laughs> Oh my god, full of them tonight. So, for real though, I wonder if anyone's ever watched this movie and felt like they had a positive experience. Mm, uh, well, maybe like young teens who felt lucky that they got to see some boobs. I mean, times were tough before the internet. I mean, that's true. That's true. But okay, alright, come on, get us through this recap. Okay, okay. Tom Corbin, the newsman. He goes into Oviado looking for answers about the alien dead. He runs into people, and people talk about how there used to be gators in the swamp, and now there aren't any gators in the swamp. But they're always still sort of looking for <laughs> gators, gators in, in the, the swamp. swamp. Yeah. Okay, so then the newsman meets up with this dim-witted but well-meaning country girl named Shawn Michaels. The heartbreak kid? Sure. Yeah, whatever. So, newsman and Sean hit it off. What do you think about Sean? I don't know. Growing up, getting out of the swamp, eating hamburgers, stuff like that. And then they have dinner. Oh, and Sean's pappy, who seems legit out of his mind, yeah. supposedly has, like, inside information about the secrets of the swamp. Um, if he did, though, I... I didn't understand any of it. All I got was there were giant possums. He mentioned something about these giant possums. And they were eating possum, but it wasn't giant. No, I mean, it was like a normal-sized possum they were eating. So <laughs> I, I guess you don't want to eat like a mutant possum. but <laughs> So he brings up possums, possums <clears throat> and the, that that's the only possum you ever see is the one they eat. There's no giant fucking possums in this movie. Mm. I don't know, but... You right. make a good point about just the way he talks. I mean, you can't understand any of these characters, basically. I mean, this takes place in Florida, and it was shot on location in Florida. But these actors cannot figure out how to speak with a believable southern accent at any point. I mean, you'd think it wouldn't be difficult 
to cast actors with southern accents in a place where, you know, a majority of the people are southern and have that accent. Well, I mean, you've lived in the South East for like over 20 years and uh, you couldn't even put on a credible regional accent for a 10 minute bit in your own podcast. What? I nailed that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I mean, I mean, sh- listen back. Sh- don't tell the listeners in the Prime Cuts canon. We just borrowed a tape recorder from a man named Cheeky. He owns a <laughs> convenience store and we needed it to do this podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we had to replace the batteries. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, so anyway, the alien dead, they swim around, and they kill people. Mm-hmm. Uh, but sometimes they do get out of the water, and then they kill people. Mm-hmm. There's really no memorable scenes, though. Like, there's no effects, which, you know, I, I love looking for. Uh, they're just people with some face makeup on. Yeah, the alien I mean, they don't, they don't have much... No. To make them seem like aliens or, or zom- zombies. Just a little face makeup. Yeah. You know what? If this would have come out before Living... Or, I mean, sorry, Night of the Living Dead, I, that would have been acceptable. But, I mean, this was, like, late 70s. Yeah, I think it's filmed in 78, so it's pretty embarrassing yeah. by the standards of the time. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Yeah. But, uh... I mean, even, and the the kills, they kill people, but there's no good deaths. They basically, the alien dead, sort of chase, just lumber around until they find somebody. And then there'll be a shot of the victim just screaming directly into the camera, and that's it. Well, the actors are accidentally looking into the camera throughout this entire movie, (laughs) though. So how do you really know what's on purpose or not? I guess you don't. Excuse me. The the most disturbing aspect of this whole damn movie, though, is because the alien dead are zombies, mm-hmm. they go out and they eat their victim. Right. Like in Dawn of the Dead, but no blood, no guts, no tension. Right. You just have these, like, makeup zombie people walking up to random women and then kind of just... Chewing on their bodies, yeah. like I said, no blood, no effects, nothing. Rubbing their they, mouths. Oh, and they just kind of like, oh, and they keep groping all of these women. Every every single time. Everyone. It is disgusting. Like, I, I felt grossed out watching the scenes. Like, he straight up groped the female actor's breast for no reason. Yeah. There was a lot of that going on. Yeah. Anytime there's a, a group of the alien dead, they they come up to to a woman to eat them, and and every time at least one of these guys he they he goes, pop a feel. Yep, it's it's horrible. And then they're rubbing their mouths all over. Yeah, it's, it's just gross. I mean, it's not scary. Shit. If if the most horrifying moments in your horror movie come from like the actors' behavior toward other actors on set rather than Anything to do with the actual substance or story in your film. Yeah. You done fucked up. Amen. You done <sighs> fucked up. So. All right. Okay. So, Newsman and Sean, they like almost kiss a few times. They run around and they get ignored by the lawman. Yeah. Movie. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, they have a friend. And, oh, and the yeah. friend is the game, game warden. warden. Yeah. And, and he nobly sacrifices himself uh, by throwing a grenade in the general direction of a group of alien deads. Which is like the only little bit of 
action, I guess oh, you would yeah. say, in this movie. Throws a grenade, it goes poop, yeah. and uh, he dies. I, I don't even remember how, but anyway, yeah. he does this, and this allows uh, the newsman, Sean, to get away, and they find a rowboat, and they get in the rowboat, and they float off to safety? <laughs> I, I guess. I mean, I don't know. The alien dead, the whole time are shown to be very adept at swimming and killing anyone in or near the water. So right. I, don't, I don't know why these people, like, they act like they've escaped the danger. The, the whole thing is that all the alien, all the alligators are gone. Yeah, they, they ate the alligators. They ate the gators, now they're eating the people. Obviously they've been in the water. So, but anyway, so, I mean, then the score just kind of gets peaceful and they just take a nap. Yeah, it, it, it reminds me of, um, like, the end of the first couple Friday the 13th movies. It always ends with, a like, the lone survivor on a little canoe or whatever out there. And then there's oh, yeah. a jump scare. But that's not really what happens. No. Uh, instead, they just get woken up by Sheriff Buster Crab and the deputy... Peeping Tom. Peeping Tom, yes. Um, so the cops make fun of them a little bit, and and then they ask them what's been happening, and Sean and Newsman reply that, ah, oh, the game board, people were killed, help. And then obviously the sheriff and the deputy blow them off immediately. Yeah, they're I mean, fucking dicks. <laughs> yeah. And then the sheriff has the last line of the film. He says, Newspaper people are fools, dreamers, and fools. Well, of course, they gave him the last line of the movie. I mean, he's the damn star of the show. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Buster <laughs> yeah. Crab himself. Gotta, <laughs> yeah. gotta say, I'm only gonna be in this movie for five minutes, but you're gonna give me the, the final line. He had to make the crab legs happy, Hank. Yeah. Okay, Not even a good line. No, no. Yeah, no. Well, there, no, there was no any... good lines in this movie. No. Because you know I love finding the best line of movies. And I didn't even think about it for this movie. No. Yeah, there were Well, none. you can't understand anybody. <laughs> the oh. lines are like, Go ding ding I, I think they heard enough of that. Yeah. So, okay, so I think the very ending then is we just see, like, one of those alien dead still standing in the water, and, and that's it. Mm. You know, you just hear that twangy bluegrass country tune about missing your pappy, and then credits roll. Credits roll. Yeah, it's like, instead of a jump scare, it just goes from up, they're on the rowboat, and now you see there's just one of the alien dead in the water, and it freeze frames, and instead of like any kind of appropriate score, it's just this. And scene. That's it. Credits. It's over. That's it. There's no ending. What are y'all doing out there? Gigging for frogs? Maybe they're looking for killer toads. You haven't seen the game one, have you? Gorman, what are you all dreaming up? Like a dead end here, Sheriff. Yeah, these newspaper people are fools. Dreamers and fools. <laughs> Come on, Cam.
Even like us explaining it gave it more an ending than what it really felt yeah, like. It just stops. Yeah. But I was happy for it. To stop? Yeah, I was yeah, glad it was over. Me too. It was an excruciating 75 minutes or That whatever. felt longer. Oh, uh, yeah. It did. It did. All right, so... <laughs> Time to give our reviews of this picture. It was bad. Uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> Movie, bad. Movie, bad. Uh, yeah, I mean, things that I look for in a movie that make me happy are effects. Uh, I like thinking about how the movie got made, uh, what what went into it, you know, um, and, and none of this happened. Not, none of, there was none of that. Nothing engaged you. No. You like the two things you like in movies, effects and thinking about behind the scenes. Oh, okay. Well, obviously, I I like everything about movies. But those are like, when I'm thinking about how much I like the movie, like what went into it to make it and like, how am I going to review this movie? Those are like two things that are, are like a top of the list for me. Yeah. And this movie had none of those. No. And you know what, though, looking at the the synopsis and the picture, I should have I should have known that. Yeah. I should have known all that. Yeah. All that. So give me a score. Uh, um, I got to see some boobies, even though it was uncomfortable. So two. <laughs> two. Two out of ten. For one for each breath. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm in the I'm in the same boat. I was not impressed. I do you know I I don't mind a movie that is so damn bad that it makes me laugh. And there were moments. I don't there, remember you laughing though. Right. Uh, this was like almost that. Where it seems like it should have been funny, and yeah. and there were definitely like lines that people said. I like you know Sean Sean Michaels, that girl. She has some weird lines, and her yeah. dad. Like some of the people are so country thinking. that it, it was. Uh, you know what I'm mad about? Huh. I didn't see no damn alligators. Uh, yeah. Well, there weren't <laughs> any alligators. Oh right, they all got eaten. You, they tricked you, and you were looking for the alligators, alligators. too. Yes. But uh, yeah, it just wasn't quite, you know, so bad as good. No. And it wasn't good, so. I don't know. I mean, I guess I can look back and laugh that we watched it. <laughs> It'll be a memory we'll never forget. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. What was, what's your score? I a one point. Five out of ten. One point five. All right. So that's what we think of the movie. Mm Mm-hmm. So what did you find on the old Amazon reviews? Okay. So in case our listeners do not trust our opinions, we always go to the Amazon Prime customer reviews and find a couple and read them to (laughs) y'all. All right, so this first one comes from Marvin Jenkins. He gave the film four out of five stars. What? Headline, so funny. He wrote this October 9th, 2009. Oh, gosh. All right. Well, that was the, like, mid-recession. Or that's when the recession hit, so he needed this movie. He needed any kind of comic relief. Okay, well, we don't know the life of Marvin Jenkins, okay? Let's just let's <laughs> okay. see what he has All to right. say for himself. Sorry, sorry, sorry. The first time I saw this old movie, I laughed all through it. It was so cheap. And the actors, 
Surprise, there aren't any. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's just a bunch of local yokels. Somebody convinced to be in their movie. The old lady with the shotgun? Or was it a pitchfork? Mm. Oh, well. She was particularly bad, but so fun to watch, as she can barely keep from smiling when she's supposed to be horrified. That, to me, is the main reason to get a film like this. <laughs> of course it's not Romero. Duh! You want Romero? Go watch Romero. This is an example of getting a movie made when you really don't have any money to make it. Yeah. But you go ahead and do it regardless. If you're a spoiled kid who demands his HD <laughs> and Hollywood blockbusters, don't bother with this. This is for people who simply enjoy old, homemade, low-budget schlock. You like bell-bottoms? You like plaid shirts and sideburns? Jackpot! I don't remember any plaid shirts, sideburns. They, they were there. Oh, okay. You know. Honestly, I think this is a pretty good summary of the movie. Yeah, I mean... it. I mean, his opinion is... He, he basically thought it was so bad that it was good, and yeah. he finds charm in that. And I, I, you know, honestly, I do too. I find charm in stuff like this, but this particular film... It didn't I just, do it for yeah, you. Yeah, it did not uh, rub well, me the right way. If you want Romero... You go watch Romero. I didn't need Romero. I just needed something other than Olin Ray. <laughs> yeah. All right, you want me to read the next one? <laughs> go for it. Okay, let's see. So the next one is from Robert B. He gives a three out of five stars. Headline being, not so bad. I mean it. Mm. <laughs> okay. Reviewed on February 5th of 2011. All right. Oh, but you know what happened in 2011? <laughs> what happened in 2011? Uh... People still thought they had one more year before 2012 when the world was supposed to yeah, end. Yeah, the world was going to end, so they were just trying to watch all the movies, and everyone seemed really good. And so Robert B. was like, I got to watch. Oh, this movie is good. Life is about to end. You know what I heard today? Huh. That the, the, the two numbers were switched and that the end of the world is really 2021 ah uh, we'll see ah <laughs> uh, people can't let anything die okay so he says when you watch a low budget film made for around twelve thousand dollars you are not going to get star wars now that i said that i found this low budget film entertaining it doesn't match the director's latter work in quality, Fred Olin Ray, but the script was decent and watchable. Hmm. Buster Crab gave a decent performance, and so did the rest of the cast who tried. Granted, their acting was a bit rough. It was a good zombies versus us plot. It was fun and watchable like a 1950s style sci-fi. But it has a real 70s feeling to it. Oh, shit. <laughs> the soundtrack music was also quite good. When I read the other reviewers' comments, it is as if they felt it should look like a million dollar plus film to be good. It won't for that money. It is very easy to say, you stink, and laugh at anything made cheap no ultra low budget film will look like star wars for the budget it was a good job i saw it on tv around 1982 no like 1980 also, also. yeah right. but he wrote too yeah okay but yeah god damn it guys stop yeah. expecting everything to be star wars <laughs> 
Jeez. Yeah. Okay, here we go. Okay. One more. This is from Zombie X. <laughs> he gives the film one out of five stars. Okay, so he's more on our side. Yeah. His headlines Doc of Z movies. And this was from May 26, 2004. We thought George W. Bush was about to go out of office, but we fucking reelected him. <laughs> So that's then what he's happened shoot, then. So he's angry. He's angry at the world. <laughs> okay. Okay. First off, this movie sucks. I read the review above from Amazon, and it is complete shit. There is very little blood and guts and very little nudity. Don't buy this movie. It was made by a dirt farming gator wrestling redneck in some swamp out in the middle of nowhere. And the camera work is so bad, you will end up burning this piece of crap before the movie ends. Don't buy on pain of death. Take your hard-earned $13.46 and buy a pizza. It's far more enjoyable. Uh so he paid for this movie. $13.46, I guess. So. Well, this was before this streaming. This was before streaming. Yeah. So yeah. this is. He bought it from Amazon on DVD. Oh. Yeah. I wonder what made him buy it. He's. Okay. So there was very little blood and guts and very little nudity. I don't remember any blood and guts. There were. Okay. So. I can remember a couple of things. There's an old lady who had that pitchfork, uh, and she got pitchfork through her. Oh yeah. And then there was the guy who, when he got eaten, they show the aftermath, and he uh, he's like half a guy. So there's a little bit of. No, oh, I don't remember that. You don't remember? He's still kind of breathing. You can tell he's breathing. But oh yeah. Yeah. yeah so yeah. I remember. That uh, yeah, off. very little. Okay. He's right. Um, yeah. So. So he bought this movie for the blood, the guts, and the nudity. Yeah. Yeah. No wonder he was pissed. Well, it doesn't have that. Nope. Okay. So, <laughs> I, I this is not a review. I don't even know what this is, but I remembered that during our Circus Kane episode, we talked about Greta Garbo, and mm. I thought, huh, I wonder if. Buster Crab and Greta Garbo were ever in anything together. So I googled Buster Crab and Greta Garbo. I, st- I never looked her up. I still don't know who she is. Well, okay. Okay. I did not find anything that they were in together. I don't think that ever happened. Okay. But I did find a blog. A blog? A blog. And in this blog, it's basically a food blog. Okay. That <sighs> I don't even know how to explain it. So the title of the blog post is... Greta Garbo's Swedish Meatballs. Oh. And it starts with a quote. Life would be so wonderful if we only knew what to do with it. <laughs> and it starts, how true, Greta, how true. The lovely Buster is in town. He came over for Greta's Swedish Meatballs last night. And damn, they were good, even if I do say so myself. I think I am getting quite a dab hand at cooking, and I dispute Greta's own statement that there is no one who would have me. I can't cook. Me and B had a long conversation in the pub about getting the bends. I was blathering on about how his namesake, Buster Crab, died in mysterious circumstances in a diving accident off the coast of Portsmouth. 
I must have been having false memory syndrome brought on by an excess of beer, as I can find no evidence of this now I am sober. <laughs> Mind you, my buster will be pleased to hear that Crab not only played Flash Gordon, but Tarzan too, and Buck Rogers. What a hero! Tonight, I will meet with the Chaw Bacon armed with a proposal. I have taken Veronica's advice on board and decided exactly what I want from him. It does not involve attendance at social events. Ellipses. The end. What? 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 I don't even understand any of this. All right. Me neither. Just thought... I read it to you. Okay. Okay. Thanks. Well, who was she writing this to? Who was writing this? It was credited to a screen named Greta Garbo, but there were tons of different posts like uh, Humphrey Bogart's Casablancaian beef stew. So this random. They were like blogger. classic Hollywood food blogs. Was there recipes attached to any of these? I didn't see any recipes. Just this just person shit like is this. crazy. Okay, yeah. maybe I'm wrong. Show. Maybe there are recipes. I don't know. I don't know. All it right. confused the hell out of me, and I needed to share it. Now you needed to confuse the hell out of me and everybody listening. Okay. Okay. Well, now it's time for our unaffiliated, unofficial product deal of the week. <laughs> What you got? Okay. So, obviously, everybody in this movie looking for gators, possums, alien dead. Well. (laughs) Well. They could use the Redneck Convent Animal Catch Pole. Four-foot PVC catch-and-release small animal trap. Animal handling catch pole with 10-inch opening. 10-inch opening? Mm. Is that going to be enough inches? I think so. Opening? So it's $38.49 with free returns on Amazon Prime. So you can catch your gator or your alien dead and then return it. Uh Uh-huh. So it's got animal control pole. Catching an unwelcome pest or a feral cat is hard without the right tools. You've got to use the redneck convent animal snare pole catch and release trap pole to quickly capture animals so you can carefully guide them into a cage or kennel for easy and safe transportation, often used for dogs and cats. But also, these trapping tools can be used for reptiles or other small and medium-sized animals not designed for large animals. Hank, you're not saying it right. It's the redneck covert animal snare pole catch release trap pole to quickly catch them capture animals. That's how you're supposed to say this. If redneck is in the name, you gotta say it with some twang. All right. All right. Well, it is appropriate for animal rescue missions. Live animal (laughs) traps are ideal for animal control officers, vets, even farmers can be used to easily transport an animal to a humane society, a pet clinic, out to the wild, into your bathroom. (laughs) You use this catcher pole as a squirrel trap, a rabbit trap, skunk trap, raccoon trap, or possum trap. These dog snare cat traps can even be used on large lizards, small alligators, 
or other shit. Okay. They're built to last. They're made of thick, rigid PVC material and, uh, you know. Animal grabber. It's an animal grabber. <laughs> so, you know. All right. So the, now you know. If you get this, you'll have a, a good sense of security. You won't get bit or scratch. You won't get no rabies. You can safely keep... Uh, you know what? I don't know what. You can use this as your side hustle, right? Uh-huh. Because last time our listeners got a book on how to have the the machines the, the vending machines the vending machines right yes we people we are making you money we are giving you side hustles left and right you can become animal control catchers <laughs> Uh-huh. You can you can have Do you want to start your own possum selling business? <laughs> no, a gator selling business. No, we are not. Let me say I am not telling you to go out and try to catch gators. Yeah. I feel like I should put that in here right now. Okay. But if you want to, you know. Uh, yeah. We're helping you. Well, that's what this whole segment is about. And again, it's unaffiliated, unofficial. <laughs> So don't ever sue us. We're not we're telling not, you to we're do not it. telling you to do anything. We're, we're just we're just giving it. some information. We're exactly. just we're just throwing it out there. Well, maybe if the Griffiths had this tool right here, they would have found themselves an alligator. Just saying. Yeah. Just saying. No. Hey. Y'all gonna give me back that tape recorder? Yeah, hold on, Cheeky. We just gotta do our plugs and the outro. We'll get this shit back to you. Jesus Christ. This fucking guy. Cheeky. Alright, well, (laughs) thank you so much for listening to our episode about the alien dead. This has been the Prime Cuts Horror Podcast. I'm Hank Holder, alongside... Uh, Holly Griffin, alongside... Molly the dog girl who wants to go on a walk so she keeps pacing back and forth. She's ready to poop. We have taken much too long. Yeah. Well, um, we would love it if you followed us on Instagram at Prime Cuts Horror. And if uh, you could... We're on... Apple Music, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Wherever you're listening to this, if you could just throw us a good five-star review and a few kind words, that would be fantastic. It would help out a lot. And uh, if you have any questions or... Suggestions. Suggestions. We'd love to, you know, we might read them on the show. Email us at primecutshorror at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing from you. Yay, look at us plugging. We're plugging. It's episode four. It's time to plug it up. Great. Marley's plugging it up. We gotta go. (laughs) So, thank you again so much for listening. Prime Cuts Horror. Boo-bye. Everybody's always wanting to know about the big one. You know what I tell them? Yes, sir. I tell them Eddie Rickenbacker was a son of a bitch and you ought to mind your own damn business. You have now tuned in to the Comic Section Network.